0: Hi, this is Charles Wiz, Tony Silva, and Two Teachers Talking. This is episode 146, where Tony and I are going to continue our longstanding tradition of talking about education and teaching in Japan. And we're a little bit different because Tony has left Japan and is now living in Mexico. So we're kind of starting on a new venture or a new aspect of our podcast. And we're going to get to. Tony's adventure of leaving Japan and relocating in a foreign country in the second part of the podcast. But in the first part, what we want to do is kind of go back over episode 145, where we talked with George and Nat about coordinating and what involves involved in being coordinators and their perspectives, attitudes, ideas, some of the problems, you know, things that they have to deal with. So, Tony, let's uh, have you start off with, uh, you know, some general observations you have.
1: Well, listening to, the, um, to the, the the two of them talk about George and Nat talking, it was um, interesting to hear how differently each of them described and perceived, that, I assume, described um, their jobs and things. And it kind of fits with my own experience and my own observations um, because it can't, you know, you have this term coordinator, but it can mean so many different things in so many different contexts. And um, it's not something that's uniform at all. And It's a you know, kind of consideration about what's, you know, in terms of that job, what's included, what ex- what's excluded, what the priorities are, what the focus is. You know, and the perspective of the institution plus your own perspective and interpretation of what the job should be, um and if you don't you want to get into the idea of like, you know, how the the part-time staff might you know, their observations or their perceptions or understandings or misunderstandings about the role might be. Um it was I mean, that was the one thing that if, you know, if you listen to the conversation, it's like this is a really hard thing to get a handle on. It's really a big, multifaceted, complex and you know, on, on, and that's why it's, it's why such a hard job, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's something that doesn't have clear definitions or boundaries, almost ever, ever. And what I was thinking about while listening to the podcast, though, was how much of that is due to the in or different ways part-time teachers see their role as teachers. And that so much of being a coordinator is responding to that and trying to, you know, work with that. Cause some teachers are very, very committed to, you know, working in a coordinated program, let's say. And there are other people who have an attitude of, you know, I really want to do my own thing. And, you know, that just again always amazes me as to how difficult it is to work and, you know, coordinate as you point out all those right. you know different moving and part and there's so many different moving parts from the administration side to the teacher side to the programmatic side to the curriculum side to the day to day side to the communication side. It's um, these are people who are jacks of all trades.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is that you you, you said that it was like you know the, the hard thing about the coordinator is to respond to the part time teacher's perception. It's like, well, it's Kind of the other way, right? It's like it's the, the hard part is not not responding to the part-time teachers' expectations, but to one and this is and this is, and this is all and this is why the job is so hard. It's another reason which is one un, try to understand what the reality is. It's like what is the school's the school, because we're all working for the the school. The objective of the school. What what is the what is the mandate? What is expected? What are the goals? Take that, interpret it in realistic terms, and then communicating that to the part time staff in a way that allows the part time teachers to teach the way that they teach, because that's the way that they teach best, um, and. Help them use what they do, what they can do, what they're good at, to achieve the goals that the school expects from, I guess, the coordinator or from the English teaching staff. Um, and that's it's not responding to the part-time teachers, though. Certainly, you need to listen to your part-time teachers w- without question, uh, because because we we, we <laughs> Um, are the front line. Um, we we are the people who are in contact with the students, um, and that um, communication link is is everything. Um, if 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 anything is going to get done, that that communication line's got to be wide wide open. Um, and so, the you know, the coordinator's got the, the one the, uh, on the one hand the expectations of the institution, and at the other end he's got. You know, he's he or she is hired. Hopefully, um, they, they they've had their own uh, choice in, in staff and things. Um, but to help these people, that have the, their, the teachers do what they do, um, so that they can perform at their best and at the same time achieve the goals or the you know hit the targets that the school is expecting. And that's not a small job.
0: <laughs> well, especially in the situation when the school doesn't have clear targets. Which is right? often the case. Yes. <laughs>
1: Be very, very quiet.
0: There are wabbits.
1: <laughs> Which is often the case. Um, that yeah, is often m- often the often. schools are clueless. And then, and then, and that's what makes and, – and, and so the part-time teacher will look into the, the coordinator for a clear direction And what do you do other than spin it out of uh, of thin air? When the school doesn't give you the information, the directive that you need, what do you do? I know what I would do, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know what you would do, and I know what I would do, and I know what we have done. Uh (laughs) But I, I think it's really true. And what, again, listening to both of the guys talk, you know, that they really were committed to communication and, you know, trying to treat the part time teachers with respect and professionalism and all the courtesies that are expected. And that was really nice, you know, that
1: It was it was really nice and I was listening to it. I was like I was very envious and I was like, Boy, I don't remember that many coordinators (laughs) that showed teachers this much autonomy and support. Present company accepted, of course, Charles. But uh, (laughs) that is the exception. But um, yeah... Sorry, sorry, George. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 one thing to say it, and it's one thing to put it into practice. I don't know if I don't know if the staff might feel the same way because you feel like you're doing something. You you you're doing all this stuff, but it's like there's always two sides, right? It's like it's like it's like a marriage. It's like one partner feels like they're they're giving up everything, the other person that they feel like they're giving up everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait. I, I, I was. Thinking, I, I, I want to talk to Nat's, te- Nat's students. I want to talk to George. I mean, Nat's not Nat's students, as teachers, and, right. and see what
0: they say. Yeah, no, I was so-
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, George and Nat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think both of them would agree. That's yeah. the th- yeah. thing we I feel, felt coming out of the conversation with the two of them is that, and I didn't bother to talk about this, but I was realized I should have asked them. Well, how do you get the negative feedback? What you know mechanisms are in place so you hear the things that people might not want to tell you, or you know, hearing the things that you don't have access to. Because mm. there's always, you know, I know that when I was coordinating, there, you know, I I got pretty good feedback, but I also know that there was some negative feedback coming in. And,
1: and you were really open for that, and it was and it was great. It was like because I remember, you know, for for the for the uh, for the for the listeners. We had a teachers' meeting. It was like you know, Charles. Charles was the coordinator. Um, I was one of the one of the teachers on staff, part time teachers. And uh, he kind of laid out in ge- very general terms, as I says. And he was very open. He was like, "Well, give me your feedback." And like we went on the table, and it's like, "No, no, no." so Charles says. That by the end, he's like, "All right, back to the drawing board." But but this is the thing.
0: He listened. I'm still crying about that. <laughs>
1: that was <laughs> he. He listened, and that, and it was, and the results were fantastic.
0: Well, thank you, Tony.
1: Yes, and as I was, said, <laughs> it was, it, it was, you know, it was, it was, and it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful space and time.
0: Yeah, for you guys, I've been working, I think, on that idea for about three or four months. Well,
1: well, yeah, yeah, but 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 no, 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 not that that, that meeting. Uh, the, the
0: years that follow, the results that we had with the with the school,
1: it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, you know, I know I I tried to you know foster that, and I would try to think, how did I exactly foster it? And I re- I think it was that that meeting. I remember. You know, there are moments in relationships or situations where you you see something turn, or yep. there's a milestone, yep. so to speak, right? And I know that at that program, that meeting when. I think you may have been the first person to speak up.
1: <laughs> Very
0: likely, <laughs> right? Well, you know, I think also you and I were talking a lot at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and were
1: we were we were already pretty close.
0: Yeah, we were uh, developing anyway. a, a really good friendship at that point. We could talk. We could talk. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned it, and I think I, if I remember, I said something like, "Okay, what do what does everybody else think?" Right. I said, you know, I think I commented. I said, "Okay, I hear you." You know, et cetera, et cetera. All those usual, you know. Politives or whatever. And then everybody else chimed in. And the, you know, I'm just not the kind of person who takes like, um, criticisms of my ideas personally. At least I think so. So what happened was that. No, it's very, after very that, true. That's very true. It's one of your great strengths. After that, people really would tell us the truth. Like I remember there was another idea and I said, okay, the school's thinking about this and everybody went, no, no, no.
1: It was really, so, sp- it was kind of special. It was a special thing that people, you know, how often in a, you know, a, t- a teacher's meeting where people actually feel free to actually
0: express their opinion. Think about the last time. <laughs> that was probably the last time. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the last time. Well, I know that, so first, I know that when I go into meetings, I I've, right now, you know, and that's even as a full time person, when we're mm-hmm. talking about stuff is that I, I don't feel like I can comment about, you know, let's say the curriculum proposals, you know, because people have already worked on them and the, the way that things work. sure. And, you, yeah, you know, but I think that. I get the feeling from George and Nat that you could say that to them, and that they would be open to that. And they made that very clear that that's what yeah, they're that, looking yeah, for. Yeah, I just wish. Like go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, no you wish. I was going to say. I just wish I had asked. What mechanisms do you have in place for that? How do you nah. foster that? Right. You know. That's what are a the, really. You
1: know, that's a. That's a good one. That's a good. That's I really good missed question.
0: that. Nah. I really, as you said, that. interviewing is really hard. Yeah, I'm just – I tell you, after I've done a couple it's, it's, of interviews – It's
1: practice. It's practice. It's practice.
0: It's more than practice, though, because I've, I've done the uh, Paul Nation interview, right, and I've interviewed, you know, Nat and George, and I interviewed Sophie, and I tried doing a couple of other interviews, and you really, really have to really respect – these people who do professional interviews, right? Sure, sure, it's
1: sure. It's like
0: it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. But okay, so but, we but had in this that-
1: vein, but in this vein, we were talking about one of the things that George said, um, we, which I really appreciated. Um, he talked about his teachers, and he said about it's the teacher that knows the students, right? And
0: that is
1: ev- everything. That is everything you if you don't have that understanding if you don't if, if you're trying to do some kind of top down mandate of it's going to be this and it's going to be that of course he kind of contradicts himself later on but but the thing is that the, it is the teacher you have to respect the teacher's ability to read his or her class and nat when he was on, he talked about the importance of dialogue and communication and um the not just one-to-one communication, but the multi-vector communication with the institution, the coordinator, the teacher, the students, putting it all together. And each of them have brought that up. And it—that is really it, because that's if when you look at a program that's failing almost all the time, that's what's wrong. There, there's a communication breakdown in terms of what the goals are, what we're trying to do, how we're trying to do it, what you can do, what you can't do, et etc., cetera. Et cetera.
0: Well, you see, I would argue that the communication breakdown is symptomatic of foundational breakdown.
1: Yeah, very,
0: okay. Really poor implementation, mm. poor thinking, poor planning. Yeah, I think that you hit something, you know, really on the nail on the head, which always gets hammered down, of course, in this country. And uh, But trusting the teacher to be the person who really knows what's happening, what's going on in the classroom, and it's that oversight that – Inability for most institutions to say, hey, you know, most of our English classes, for example, are taught by part-timers, right? I think at most institutions, the majority of yep, the general yep, yep, ed yep. and no English question. language courses are taught by part-timers, and those people are never included in any of the planning. There's no, there's never an invitation, you know, as a part-timer to say, hey, we're redoing the curriculum, we're going to be having some meetings, we're just doing some fact-finding discovery processes, before we start on the real curriculum revision.
1: My head just like, snapped, ro- snapped around like one of those cartoon things like, <laughs> of <You laughs> course not. <laughs> right. Even if, though- if, if, there was, if there was like a video to this thing, it would have been really funny because
0: my head just okay. like snapped around. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you know, I think in yeah, my defense, yeah. in my defense, we did that. We, oh, I'm damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, that was, I think, another reason why things succeeded. But I think that, The idea that, you know, there's the trust of the teacher, you know, that the teacher is really the person in the classroom. So important and so necessary. And again, I think while I was listening to George Annette, you know, just how difficult it is to be Mm -hmm. a coordinator. But also to go back to something that you've talked about a lot, which is, you know, that idea of individual school cultures Uh. and how that. You know, kind of materializes in terms of, you know, the coordinator's experience and the teacher's experience, not just in the classroom and with the students, you know, the, the school, you know, environment, right? That kind of yeah. culture. So, you know… F- You know, I could see how George and Nat, you know, they're doing their work at this one university and how it could really succeed at another university at an even more incredible level and how it would absolutely not work at another university because they don't have those kinds of attitudes and views and belief systems. Sure. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Those systems are definitely there. They're not apparent. Um, They're not on the surface. Um I I know that um great memories is, is like there you know, a bunch of kids like you know, in class like chortling and something what what the hell is going on over here and they had this piece of paper and they had it was um you know like a a quadrant and things and they had um four um values of universities It's like you know prestige actual academics like Fun and something else, and all the the kansai universities had like a they had a spot on the quadrant, <laughs> and, and you know, so Osaka University was here, Kindai was over here, Kanda was over here, and you know, they they had all like the, the, the different vectors and stuff, and it's like, this is brilliant. This is just one. And the, 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 the kids were you know, this was, it was a serious university, it's like they're all worried that I was going to get pissed off, and it's like, like oh, this is this is. Can I have this? This is great. Let me just take a picture of this. This is wonderful, um, because it was basically a, a blueprint for exactly what you're talking about: um, the, the different school cultures and how things can work in one place and and not another, and it's, it's so completely different. And no one, well, I don't say no one, but not a lot of people talk about. It. They talk about the you know, maybe about the specifics about this is good about this place, this is good about that place. Um, but, um, if you're certainly, you know, a coordinator of a program, uh, you need to be totally, I mean, that's part of the, the, the very foundation is like, okay, what, what am I dealing with here? What, what, what place is this? Define this university. Um, who comes here? Why? What are what are what are the and one of the things that I did in in the discussion that um, I I appreciated that you contributed to a couple of things, right? Um, One is, um, of course, it you know it didn't get answered. It's kind of unanswerable, but um, the the idealized student, uh, you know, what's the goal? Um, The idealized fluency, you know. So you're you're putting together this this um, foreign language program. English, French, German, Korean, whatever it might be. But what's what the, what's your goal, your ideal student, your, your, your product, what's your perfect product? What is it that you want to accomplish? Um, that was one of the things that you said that really is like, uh, how many, you know, programs are able to articulate what it is that they're trying to accomplish what they're trying to produce. Probably not that many. Um, and the other thing that um not not really the same in the same vein, but something else that you pointed out, um that I thought was really uh important and critical, uh, was the idea of having things and which is so rare, um, but to have you know different skills, whether they're language skills or not, um reinforced throughout the curriculum. And whether it's research skills, whether it's basic manners, uh, whether it's, you know, etiquette in the classroom, whether it's, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, basic study skills themselves. But uh, if it's only done, like, 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 you, you know, a teacher, a part-time teacher, or a full-time teacher um, has this idea and they, re, he, she reinforces it in the classroom. If it's not reinforced in other classes, in other courses, Throughout the you know the whole curriculum, it's not going to stick. Um, and if you know you're talking about coordination, that's where I think the attention can can really maybe have some real benefit, where you have that cross crossover of skills and um, priorities, and whether you're doing math or whether you're doing English or whether you're, you're doing history. Um Whether it's you know research skills, whether it's like note taking um, classroom etiquette, all those kind of things that's where the coordination can um, have real benefits and when it comes to actual you know uh, you know content delivery, it's like you know let your teachers do what they're good at and uh, get out of their way. but uh, those yeah. two things that you
0: added I th- I think
1: were really important.
0: Well, you know, those have been, you know, (laughs) I've been a stickler for that forever. Sure. And, you know, while you were talking, uh, Tony, I was really thinking about, you know, maybe director, program director is a better term because, right, because as you just pointed out, if you were a program coordinator, you would be coordinating things across the different classes and different programs. And... You know, like, for example, you were talking about research skills or note-taking or manners or classroom etiquette. And ensuring that those are being taught in all the classes would be a really good example of program coordination. And it's just something I'm just thinking about. That maybe if one were to, like, write down and say, okay, I'm a program coordinator, what am I actually doing? To actually, you know, kind of divide the paper into two sides. And one is like, okay, program, administration, direction, being the director, and coordination. Because they are different ideas, actually. Yeah. And that's just kind of getting a little bit clearer in my head right now. Um, I think that, you know, while talking to George and Nat, and to, I've been talking to some other people, and I'm thinking about some other programs i know that are coordinated so to speak that that continuity between classes the reinforcement of certain skills attitudes habits of mind for lack of a better term that's almost non-existent yeah in almost every school i know and this is compounded by a I think what might be a particular problem of Japanese students, which is that they don't understand the connection between the classes. They, I think, see what they learn in a class as being isolated and independent from what they learn in their other classes.
1: Yeah, discrete chunks of of stuff. Yeah, right. I
0: I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So that is an example, I think, of something that coordinators can actually work on. And should enhance. So, for example, I would, you know, I, I, I am very strict about, you know, saying, excuse me, please. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, teaching those, those phrases that students need to have, you know, proper classroom etiquette and just proper etiquette in general. And sometimes it's frustrating if, you know, I'm the only teacher who's teaching that because the students don't understand why. And it doesn't occur to them to use those in their other classes because it's not expected from the other teachers. Right. So I right. think that's a good point, what you just said. But, you know, Tony, I think – do you have anything else
1: Yeah, I got, one, more, I got one. I got one, one last, last thing. thing.
0: One last thing. One and more this thing. Is,
1: and one, this, this is one thing that raised my hackles. And I bristled. Uh I heard you and uh, George talking about the practical, um, how you know, teaching English and the practical use of English, and I, I just, said, yeah, my hackles just raise it up. So it's like, yeah, I mean that there's no utilitarian use for this, then there it has no value. That that goes against my basic idea of uh, a liberal education not liberal arts, a liberal education I, mean, I'll, I will uh, reference uh, Cardinal John Henry Newman I did multiple papers on, on this guy who's an undergrad um, it's like I don't think again, the idea of a university education it, it's, it's not a trade school um, <laughs> we're not we're not training training people how to cook. We're not training people how to write code. Um, it's an education, which is different than training. And um, uh, whether you st- – you know, there's a class in art or in music or in a foreign language, whether it's English or French or German or Korean or Chinese. Um, what you learn along the way, not only like the, the actual – Study of itself and the actual study practice, and especially with foreign languages, what you pick up in terms of culture and in terms of life enhancement. Um, I don't, I don't feel a need to justify or to provide a practical use for any of that. It's it's life enhancement, and that's what you go to university for. You go to university to enhance your life, to be, go there to become a better person. It's like, oh, it, may, it helps you get a better job? Good. That's great. But just because it's not going to teach you a useful skill doesn't mean that it shouldn't be taught. And I refuse uh, to have, you know, whether whether it's music, art, foreign language education, uh, be denigrated because it has no practical use. Um, it's like, the hell with that. Um, No, no. This is your. This is a university. It's not a seminario. Uh, did I here say to, that? Yeah, yeah. Go back and. What listen. What did I say? I can't remember exactly, but I have a note here from the, the university. I think George this might is about, this something to do with my machine translation thing? No, no, no. Okay. Well, it's connected because you, I think partly this is with with machine translation, foreign language education becomes irrelevant. It's like. Okay. Yeah, because, you're missing the point. You're missing the no, whole point of no, foreign language education.
0: you got to remember, I'm a, I'm a literature – I was a literature major, okay? Well, so was I. And, right. And I think if I, – I could be mistaken, but you know, my, my immediate re- response to this is mm. that I think what I was talking about is that the attitude of the universities is that English is taught for practical purposes. Well, of course and, it is and that's what we need to fight. Right, but – Or I need to fight. That's can't what fight. doesn't – but that's what doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, it's, I, I have to go back and listen, but I – it seems to me that I probably would be arguing for the dissolution of English programs if the attitude is, is that they should only exist for practical purposes because my attitude now is that for all practical purposes, you don't need to learn English because of machine translation. And in fact, my argument has been it's all Latin now. Is that it's become an academic discipline that deepens your intellectual capabilities. And if people were to say, look, we want students to learn English because we want them to be exposed to, you know, a different classroom culture, a different person in front of the classroom, a different kind of way of thinking or being, I would agree with that. Well, we're going, we're
1: going, we're going long. And and this is like really interesting because it really bleeds very nicely into my Mexico experience. (laughs) Perfectly, but I do want to. Before we do that, um, I want to um, quote you. Basically, and this is. Oh no! The,
0: the, Never do that. You're not allowed to do that.
1: <laughs> it's a. It's a. No, it's a good thing. It's a really, it's, it's a very good thing. Um, and you talk about um, the idea of coordination, or or any kind of supervisory. I mean, you know, however you want to label the, the situation. You're you're in charge of a bunch of teachers, right? And one of the things you did, you know, you did, and it's like, damn, yeah, that's just, that's 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 what you do. And you know, your 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 basic philosophy, as you described it to me, is like, from the position of the, of the coordinator, what do we need to do to help you do a good job? And I've never had anybody else put it that way. I've never had that situation. It's like, say, so how can we help you do a better job? How can we help you do the best for our students? I've never had that put to me, except from um, the program that uh, where, where we were.
0: Actually, uh, I think the exact quote is, "What what can I do to help you achieve peak performance in the classroom?" Okay. Okay. Yeah, but basically, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I still feel that, and I've never heard that from anybody. Ever. Sure. Yeah, and that's about. why I nor said about. it. You know, I mean, you got, we have to go back. I mean, we're talking about coordinating and we're going over. And I don't know, Tony, maybe we want to continue with this practicality English thing a little bit. I don't know. Or save it no, for another, it another episode. Yeah, maybe. yeah no, let's they, make they, another episode. That'd be good. It'd okay. be a good, a good thing to chew on. The over. next one, we can really go at this. But that program that you and I work together at, and with all the other people we work together at, was basically built on a negative model. Of another program I knew, and I just looked at that program and said, "Wow, I'll just build the opposite. I'll just (laughs) because to me that program did everything wrong." And I looked at what they did, and I said, "Okay, well, let me. What if I? Oh, if I did the opposite, then this would happen." But yeah, I beautiful story. That's nice. Well, you know, it's it's the old thing about if you want to teach your students something, show them the negative example because they can see what people do wrong sure. much sure. more easily than they can see what people do right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and it's yeah, really and
1: the, true. And the, yeah, yeah. And the last thing about like the um,
0: you know, the uh, the the the
1: practical English stuff is like was like well, you know, it's like um, so what do you do? Is like, well, no, I don't teach English. I teach students. Okay. It's probably that's not mine. I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> Those are not my. That's not my idea. It's stolen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I always say I, that. I can't I just, give the attribution, but it's like, yeah, I don't teach yeah. English.
0: I teach students. Yes, and I really do understand that, and I have should go back because I may not have expressed what I meant clearly because or what I meant deep inside. But mm. I think when I, I um I'm going back and thinking about it is that so many schools expect us to teach English in a situation where the students don't have the skills, the background, the commitment it's we've talked about this uh, one class yeah, a week, sure. 90 minutes. Right. It's, it's crazy.
1: This it, it, is right. You know, failure by design. Sure.
0: Yes. So my thinking on this is that unless we get away from this practical basis, right. And admit that it really is like Latin. It is, An intellectual experience, it's an academic experience for the students to be exposed to a certain type of rigor, then yes, I'm fine with it. But if somebody says to me, our job is to teach students how to speak English, read and write English so that they can use it in the real world, that's like me saying, you know, you're expecting us to teach everyone how to play golf and everybody to become, you know, like a 10 handicap golfer. Sure. sure. And the reality is, you know we look at it. most of the students we get at least I'm going to be honest here, at least with my own inabilities is that I don't think I've taught that many students, except at the program where we work together, where we you know students came in with very low English levels and exited with some abilities, that most of the time, the students come in with good skills, good English backgrounds or a good framework. No, so anyway, no, no. okay. But let's segue into your Mexico situation. Okay. You said things were bleeding. That's an interesting term. Right?
1: Well, the bleeding, the bleeding part was like the uh, the use of English. And um uh, it was uh it's been very the
0: I've only been here for a week,
1: as we were. Okay,
0: why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about how long you've been there, how you got there what 's uh, before right. you go into the very English. brief just okay very brief so, very brief
1: please. okay so this is we are now in uh, spring twenty twenty two I retired one year ago, actually you know about a, a year and a week was my last actual day in the classroom um, and retiring in Mexico was um, on the agenda for a long time, delayed a little bit because of covid the, uh, my wonderful wife pushed, push pushed me to, 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 to make it happen. And it happened this year. Um, I arrived here about a week ago, uh, decompressed in a hotel for a couple of days, um, moved into an apartment that we found last fall. Uh, I moved in here about three days ago, four days ago, um, uh, all kinds of upside down crazy, um. Uh, but uh in the very short time that i've been here at least in this area um it's a, it's a, the the city i'm in i'm in, in the suburb of, of a city uh of the name of Querétaro, with a q and uh yeah, it's yeah uh I'd say it's it's pretty swank my standards um and uh and, and very comfortable very safe very clean it's it's extreme. Not at all your image of Mexico, but um in just the four days that I've been here um interesting interactions with people uh in in restaurants uh you know servers uh owners managers masters whatever um, who are so willing to engage in English and uh, to to initiate and to introduce themselves, offer their names. Um, today, um, after after stopping at the Home Depot, stopped at a, 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 place, a burrito place, and I said, this is kind of weird. It's like, and he goes, yeah, I, said, and I asked in Spanish, are you open? And I go, yeah. And he says, yeah. And like, says, you're not from here." He's like, well, of course my accent gave me away. And I says, actually, no, I'm not. <laughs> and um, in English, you know, and um, just in English, it's like yeah, we, we blah, blah. and by the end of the thing, he recommended. He was like playing me music from Chicago. He gave me his um, his, his his phone number and his addresses. Is if you need help with anything, please don't be afraid to ask. Uh, I'm glad to help you out, and it's like I hope I see you again, and it's like etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yesterday, I stopped at a place where I was. I don't have a. I, I have nothing here. <laughs> I don't have a refrigerator. I don't have, I bought a microwave yesterday, a mic- microwave yesterday. I don't have a refrigerator. I don't have any laundry. So I've been taking my laundry, I took my laundry to another place. Um, there was a cafe right near the laundry. I say, okay, I'll stop here and have lunch. Um, I happen to live like this, this apartment is like right near a university. So there's a lot of university students. There's a lovely waitress. It's like, like, oh, you know, hi. And it's like, you're not a run for run here. And I like, well, no, I'm not. Said, why? Said, because your mask. Because I have a mask that looks like um, Van Gogh's Starry Starry Night. Ironically, my enclave within the enclave here is Van Gogh. So I, was, I said, "Oh yes." Yeah. So I said, "Well, your mask kind of gave you." I was like, "That's very kind." That wasn't my Spanish. <laughs> it was. It was my mask. Um, But she's a university student. So we started talking about her major choice of majors. Talked about her brother who's studying in Toronto. Um, it's like yeah yeah hi my name, my name is Airi, which is I said well it sounds Japanese. He's like well no it is Hawaiian. I've been here four days. Um, the the day before that maybe two days before that, at another restaurant this guy says it's um, biria, which is like goat meat and they have it with the goat stew or, and he said, how was it? I says oh it was really good. He's like well yeah. I don't know. It's like it's like for me it's just ordinary cuz I do it every day. I just I'm kind of curious as to what you think. And I says, "No, it was delicious." And it's like and then we start so it's like, "Well, yeah, I'll, I'll see you again. I'll be back here." So, these are the kind of things that, you know, again, practical use of English. All these people here who are fluent, semi-fluent in English and don't have any reservations about using it. There is I have had, you know, I I look I can't to, to, to other people in Japan, I don't look Mexican, but in Mexico, I don't stand out, especially with a mask. Until I start talking, they don't know that I'm semi-retarded or illiterate, like illiterate, etc. etc. But I blend right in, so I'm not a visible minority. Um that's all very, very different experience. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just saying that in four days you've had more of those like hi my name is <laughs> yeah I've had yeah. In, 30, in 34 it? years yeah yeah
1: and then, and then the waitress right it's like hi Irie if you want I'm here
0: if you want to find me It's like whoa
1: <laughs> okay
0: yeah Man. well you know I understand again that we could talk about the practical side about being able to go in and order for f- food and things like this mm. and the human quality of that contact versus mm. the mediated machine, mediated technologically mediated interaction. And we will talk about that. I think in another episode, I think we can really go on this.
1: Okay. Yeah. But
0: I'm imagining though that, you know, that's the positive side was like, must've been great. The friendliness, the openness, because very different cultures, right. You know, Japanese culture, which is do not impose on anybody, right. Et cetera, et cetera. But um, I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, must have been weird leaving home
1: or well, your second home.
0: This is now your third yeah, home, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's counting? But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, culturally, this is... Well, it's it's interesting because like that, like you talk about the like the Enryo and, and the and the imposition thing of like the Japanese thing. That's not that different here, that part. Um, but in, and at, at the other at the other end, it's like hmm. being here in Mexico is not, especially this part of this town of Mexico is not really different from the United States. It really, it's very very similar. Except well anything I say there will get me in trouble. But anyway, it's <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't feel very different from the America that I used to know. Um uh, so in that respect it feels very comfortable. For me the, the hardest part is the driving part because I haven't driven a lot and so just driving by itself is hard and I don't know any of the roads, I don't know where the hell I am and uh, the 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 driving the, the the layout of the roads and the you now the roundabouts and the U-turn things are very, very different from what I'm used to. Uh, that's very, very, very difficult. Um, but um, the the the, uh, the juicy part that uh, I think the listeners want to hear about, um, <clears throat> or that they will find that maybe the most interesting. Um, but um, because of yeah, basically poor planning on my part. Um, you know, I've had this idea for a long, long, long time, um, and for whatever you know, you can get Freudian for reasons, kind of put off a lot of it to the last minute, and uh, as a result, the last month or so, or a little bit more, maybe, um, because of that, and also because of COVID, um, things. Eh, you know, it's not like the storybook ending to to you know thirty years of life in japan um but never- you know, like, you know just things didn't work out you know there was like you know various kind of parties that were you know planned for like a couple of years that just you know, well just got scratched because of the because of the virus but um nevertheless uh I found myself um completely blindsided by the um, shock uh, of leaving Japan, um, psychic, emotional, whatever. Um, again, my poor planning pushed, like, so the last two days were not what you'd want, what you would plan, what you would like. It was like, you know, relax, you know, there's some green tea, go to some nice place, relax and think about this and that. No, it was it was all pretty... You know I was pretty crazy throwing throwing stuff into suitcases and what fits and what doesn't etc et etc cetera, et cetera. and um uh left and you know fortunately as i explained when I went back to the to north america in, in, in fall um planes were not crowded, so that was it was very comfortable and i left um from uh, from tokyo to uh, to Dallas, at least in business class. So and, hey, go out in style. Uh, which is also which is always great on, on Japan Airlines. I've mean, experienced a couple of times before with Miles. Um, but uh even with that the the joy wasn't there. I, I don't know how much of it was me and how much it was the staff. It's like it, the sparkle wasn't there. And um, little by little it was uh it was a real whack to me and uh i was like two or three days i was really kind of a really a zombie state i really didn't have a good handle on where i was or even like who i was it was it was really 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 hard and i didn't see that coming at all i didn't see it coming at all i'm uh i'm, I'm kind of okay now <laughs> um but uh it was a real trip, and um, I'm glad it's passed, but uh yeah that was that was that was hard, it was really hard um and it, I, don't, I don't know what you can make from that. I don't have any advice uh, I don't know what lesson you can get from that, but I can just tell you it was um it was uh, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be.
0: Well, I would have expected it would have been unbelievably hard and difficult. And because I was like, you know, because I I knew your basic schedule, Mm. you know, when you were leaving and we were kind of texting a little bit and I was just trying to think like, God, how you must have felt like when those doors went closed. Because I still remember the feeling of the doors closing when I first came to Japan for one year, the first time I came over and I knew I wasn't going back for a year. And that was, you know, I mean, I was 30 years old. But it was still well, was, But it was fun
1: and exciting, though, right? Scary. I mean, it was, it was scary. Sure,
0: sure, sure. Tony, it it's scary. me. There's nothing fun and exciting in like life. <laughs> it's me. It, yes, you're right. But I'm just, no, because I, I nice. remember that moment, too. I
1: remember that moment when the doors closed. When you said the doors. I remember that. I remember sitting on that
0: plane and the doors closing. I remember that. Yeah. But I remember that overwhelming feeling of what have I done? Mhm 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 and i'm trying to now think about what it would be like because i wasn't leaving home there was no point in the time that i came to japan that i knew that oh you know what i'm going and i'm not coming back so to speak right i mean i you know I think it was maybe the second or third year when I realized, okay, you know, I basically everything I own is now over in Japan, but that was a gradual kind of slow drip, that transition, I think. Whereas for you, you're retired, you've got your plans, you've rented a house in Mexico, and now you're leaving for a third country in your life because you've lived in America, you've lived in Japan, and now you're living in Mexico. And I would just imagine that, you know, leaving home after so many years, you know, that, of course, it's going to hit you super hard.
1: Well, I was—I—I I, I knew it would be hard. I just didn't...
0: Realize s- how hard. See how hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine it must have... And then, you of course, you had the difficulties. You've talked about just the bureaucratic things, oh. which must have com- <laughs> compounded you know the desperate oh
1: the, the the insanity yeah the insanity with the bureaucracy and the visas and the immigration <laughs> it's,
0: well at it's least that's trip. consistent at least that's consistent across <laughs> familiar cultures yeah that's familiar <laughs> you know that one already you know what i mean it's like well you were supposed to do this but they told me to do that yeah but they told you to do that but you still have to do this <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah 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 so it's, it's a perfect catch-22 so like just just example right so i've got i've got a theory i've got a visa yeah, but I but I'm required to um, uh, apply for a resident card within 30 days, and I I arrived on the 15th. I went to immigration on the 16th without an appointment, and I says, "Well, okay, well, we'll we can we can, you know, teach you how to make an appointment." And I said, okay, good. He's like, well, you know, it's like, but I'm, I'm kind of concerned I want this appointment as soon as possible. It's like, it's like well, it'll probably be the end of March. And he says, well, you know, that's more than 30 days away <laughs> if you do the math. It's like, so I'm required to do this within 30 days, but you telling me that I can't do it, like, for 45 days. Can you help me here? Well, but then anyway... That's that's yeah. a new job. That's life in Mexico.
0: Yeah, I do I'm remember. I'm sure it'll when be I, okay. <laughs> I do remember something. <laughs> yeah, it'll be okay. I don't know how it worked out for me, but I remember when I took a year off from t- university teaching, so I got a job. I Wanted to work in a company, so I was working uh-huh. in a company for running, you know, doing their education. So I had to change my visa from a professor's visa to like a uh, employee visa or something. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the visa people said I have to. Or no, I had to get my, my change my residence to, right, you know, Kanto from Kansai. Mm-hmm. But the, the mm-hmm. residence people at the, you know, the, the ward office said, no, you can't do this until you get a visa. So I said, okay, fine. So then I went to get a visa and they said, well, you can't get the visa until you change your residence, okay? So That's I went kinda, back to the, yeah. you know, that same kind of thing, you know, just like. Yeah. But somehow it works out. Mm. Somehow. But I, you know, I, sometimes, you know, you want to look at people and go, you guys just do this for fun, right? <laughs> you know, that, you know it it's their job. It's their job. I do remember once when I did go into one of the ward offices and uh, I think it was in Tokyo and um, Izumi came with me, right? You know, my wife. And all of a sudden, like five people came out and started dealing with me. And I was like, why do I have to deal with five people? I just want to do one person. I want to make it easy. And Izumi's point was she goes, these people are really bored. And your problem is a really (laughs) different problem for them that they haven't seen. So for them, it's like, oh, this is an interesting day. (laughs) And I, I just look at my wife and think, just you know, like what a nice, kind, wonderful person you are to see positive. <laughs> I'm just like these people are coming out, going, "Oh, here's somebody we can give a difficult time." to. <laughs> that was a wake up call about attitudes. Nah. Okay, so you're in Mexico, you're adjusting, things are kind of calming down, and so Tony, the, I'm wondering, I guess viewers might be wondering, are you going to be continuing with the podcast?
1: Um, for as long as I have relevant ideas, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you've had relevant I mean, we, we ideas have... for a year after you retired, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's like, well, there's like a lot of times on the, you know, again, like, you know, as a part-time teacher, like loading up the hours and things, and uh, life on the front lines, uh, you don't have a lot the luxury of uh, a lot of reflection. Yes. Or, or, or you know, thinking about you know putting things all together and connecting things so i imagine there's there's some ideas there plus um you know there's lots of um other um people in the field other educators that uh that we can talk to and interview and have some ideas and uh um i know that uh, my wife Allison will eventually get here um she may be teaching here somewhere um so oh, that will be, be interesting to, so, find out so, what she's doing. to see, to contrast the difference in, in teaching in, in Mexico and, and there. Um, but, uh, yeah, for for now, uh, there's still some stuff there. We like, Even today we talked about um, a different kind of ideas and different things. Um, the other thing that might be, the, the last thing about uh, Mexico uh, that, that might be interesting for the listeners, is, and, and, you know, you should think about, like, for your students, right, um, the kind of cross cross-interference and things. I'm having the damnedest time, because I I studied Spanish in high school, and uh, I've been studying pretty much every day for the last, well, five months or so. Um, But when it comes to actual conversation, you know, you start talking to somebody, and damn it, you get nervous, and out out of your mouth, what comes... Not Spanish, but Japanese. So you get it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so instead of saying CCC, si, 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 you're going, hi, 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 hi.
0: See, I <laughs> so would be I, going, I, I, hi, C, si, hi, C, C, hi, I, hi, hi.
1: I do that. I do that. And it's like, oh, this place. So, yeah, that that's, that, that also is a real trip. Um, and I'm sure people are very amused. Because <laughs> it's a, it's just like you know, you can just see like a machine locking up you know you know memory overflow it's like
0: well I guess the good thing uh, is that it helps me you know because I, I I have that when sometimes if I start speaking German to somebody suddenly <laughs> I I'll say. Guten morning. How often does that happen, Charles? How often do you talk to people? <laughs> <laughs> E-desk. Yeah. No, but what happened? I, I, I don't understand how people who are speaking multiple languages are keeping it all clear in their head. Well, there's but another reason. level, I guess, that you re- right. achieve that yeah. you can like, do that. But, I, I, but man, I'll never yeah. get there. When that happens to me, you know, and as you say, you can feel your brain locking up. Yeah. It really helps me to be more empathetic and understanding to my students. There you go. Absolutely, right. Absolutely, you know. Um, and I've been really thinking about that, and we can talk about this in another episode too. Of a, I had to. Um, something came up in a in a meeting, and I I was like not understanding, and I was trying to explain my ideas, and I mean, I I went into total brain lock, mm. and um, I thought to myself, you know, so this is what my students feel like because you think it's English, <laughs> it's like what's the problem, right? So anyway. Yeah. yeah, how hard we
1: can, can it be? A- just a- answer the question.
0: How hard can it be? It's just English. Answer the question. Yeah. So yeah. you know, that was explain my. Explain to my, me. Explain that to was me that the that. statistical distribution.
1: <laughs> that was my Japanese teacher. Yeah, she's a she's a she's from Tokyo. She was old, old school. Answer the question, Silva son. It's like ah, ah, ah. I'm writhing like a like a worm in the sun. It's just yes. <laughs> and just answer the question, Silva. So, I can't answer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it ain't easy for what kids. What a long,
0: strange trip it's been. Absolutely.
1: And on that note, Tony. Here we go. There we shall go. Shall we wrap it? Let's wrap it. It's a bit over, right?
0: A little bit. We're at about, oh, I don't know, 56 minutes or so. Yeah. So, Tony, thanks for sharing hey, your experiences of. Your trauma, your, your trauma and your drama,
1: trauma, and right? drama. But yes, it's not. Yeah, you, know, you know, don't get the impression that it's all bad because it is. Of, it's really <laughs> kind of paradise. <laughs> it's it's really, just really right. nice. I just yeah, so I, get lot, I get
0: a lot I a lot of details to deal with, you, but actually things are like really good. Things are really good. Yeah. What did you say? It's like what? It's um like twenty nine degrees, thirty degrees.
1: Well, it was uh I, I I'm I'm still on Fahrenheit, but um, right. Yeah, right now at uh, seven p.m. it is uh, seventy-seven degrees Fahrenheit. It got up to about probably yeah 20% about like very, twenty percent, twenty twenty percent humidity. Yeah, yeah very, exactly. Very low, so.
0: yes, right.
1: So you could you could get by with a sweatshirt and not be uncomfortable. Uh, it's fine. It's okay. I think we'll stop Well, that, well that's what. But that's why I chose this place. I chose one of the major reasons I chose this was for the weather. With for the climate, and then
0: well, that's what retirees do, right? That's why oh, so many people seem, for some reason, to go to Florida. But those are all new East Coast people who already have humidity. But it's hot humid. I know. I, you know, I I I grew up in Los Angeles, and I remember we had a humid day once, and everybody was like, <laughs> oh, "What's this weird what feeling? What the hell is this? Yeah, what is this? Why this I'm, is really why, weird. Why, why? Why am I all wet? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> and then you come to Japan, and it's like, uh, okay, this is normal." Uh okay Uh, all right uh, tony so uh, i'm charles Wiz, tony silva in mexico and we are now two teachers talking on different continents those those maestros okay and every you guys know where you can find us two teachers talking at whatever and tony we'll look forward to talking with you next time yeah yeah more adventures tales to come okay happy trails tony There we go. See you. Bye.